everybody i'm peter and i didn't write anything for this intro so i'm just going to say hi to my friend mike welcome to rebels rebels the podcast that explores the star wars expanding universe doing episode by episode deep dive to the star wars animated series rebels so we're gonna do a little peek behind the curtain right now i mean i might have written an intro when we recorded this three or four months ago but in my notes, I don't have one, and we yeah. are re-recording this one. As of like March third, we are re-recording this. We we finished we finished these like yeah months ago yeah. back in December. We finished recording everything. We lost this episode. This is the second one this season we've lost for various technical reasons. This one there was a Google Drive snafu with one of our audio tracks. We have angered the podcast gods, and it is becoming a struggle to get past the finish line of this series, but we are in it. Yeah, here we are. I will say, though, it's nice talking to you, Mike. It feels like we haven't podcasted in months, and... It's true. I know. It's it's true. It's been months since we've talked. I mean, we we talk, but talking about Star Wars, it's been months. Well, some weird stuff has happened. I know. It'll be really fun to to look back to see if this, this episode has a different energy now that we're older and wiser. Wow, I think so. You know, I'm playing. I, I, you know, I played Battlefront again last night for the first oh. time in like six months. I've been playing it again too. Oh, funny. Oh, shoot. We should, we should play together. PC, you're an Xbox, uh, are you? I'm PS5 because oh, wow. I'm better than you. Oh, wow. Yeah, PC for life. Yeah. Whatever. Let's get into this thing. All right. I'm ready. Are you All ready? Right. I'm ready. Am I ready? I am ready. So let's mix up a quick space refresh and recap what happened in episode 10, season 4, Wolves and Adore. <laughs> With the aid of the Wolf Wolves, Ezra, Hera, Sabine, Zeb, and Chopper head for the Jedi Temple, which is occupied by a mining guild. Evacu- ex- evacuation? No, that's not, what they're, that's not what it's occupied by. The mining <laughs> guild is there, and it's led by the Imperial Minister Hayden who is very close to finding the temple secrets, whatever they may be. He's trying to interpret an unearthed mural depicting the Mortis gods, father, son, and daughter. Ooh, seriously, some of my favorites. Ezra uses the force to bring the images to life, which shows him the location of the door. However, despite their disguises as Imperial scouts, their presence is found out and the alarm is raised. Ezra manages to escape through the door into the temple just before he can be captured and Sabine is taken by Minister Hayden. That's really all that happens. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty beat by beat. Um, just, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a setup episode. I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah. But that brings us to the theme for this episode, which is portals. We talk a lot about portals, but I actually haven't gotten to just really quickly talk about it. And this episode feels like this is a setup to portals for me. Mm-hmm. From traveling halfway around the world from the beginning of the episode to entering a transitional world through paintings. 
This episode sets the stage for the doorways that let our rebels move across great distances and time. So we've chatted a good deal about Portal Fantasy throughout these uh, these four seasons, but it's a subgenre which includes great novels like Bridge to Terabithia, Lion and Wish in the Wardrobe, His Dark Materials, Gate of Ivory, many more. Mm-hmm. In a simplified way of thinking, there's stories that deal with doorways or portals to other worlds and places that our protagonists aren't from. So they're moving from one place to another. The fourth season of Rebels is something of a portal fantasy unto itself. And I wonder why. And that I wonder why this whole last chunk of the season is really centered around these doorways. Um, or at least this a good chunk. And I think as a culture, we tend to obsess over the past. How to learn from it, move away from it not forget it all lined with a few curiosities and questions. Is it immutable? Is it inevitable? Is it predestined? Can we change it? I think rebel speaks to this. And I think you often can't untangle portal fantasy from the time travel genre. Often portals are a way to seek change in the past by going back to change them or find closure. So we'll talk about this more in our next episode, but the doorway discovered on Lothal, like Luke's magic cave in some way, served as an emotional challenge to Ezra and his past, one he must overcome or fall victim to. So that's why the theme for this episode is portals. Nice. Nice. Nailed it. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Star Trek. There's a lot of portal fantasy and time travel in Star Trek, too. Oh, that's cool. It's very nice. Yeah, I I like that. Yeah. In some ways, portals feel cheap. In other ways, they feel just like... In some ways, I was thinking about, like, with... I've been watching... I just finished His Dark Materials, Mm. and uh, which is such a terrific show. Those books are so good, and that show is so good. Yeah. Hey, Uh, I pulled a Battlestar Galactica with that. I watched all of that show except for the finale. Well, it's not over. I know, but the last episode, I I did a mic. Oh, wow. Okay, we'll do it. You should do it. It's really good. (laughs) Okay, I will. You know, but in some ways, I was, like, uh, thinking, are portals totally cheap? Like, are they just such a cheap? And I was like, no, Mm. I think in a way, it's also the, the makers of the film or book or whatever series asking us when someone enters a portal to suspend our disbelief. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a a portal for us, the audience as well to go like, okay, the rules of your universe no longer apply. Step through. Yeah, totally. I like that a lot. Um, It's (laughs) that's, I've never thought about it as a function for making you kind of, what what's what do they say? Yeah, uh, suspend your disbelief. That's an interesting way to put it. I remember I was just listening to a podcast where someone was reviewing every episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation because, like I said, I've <laughs> been spending a lot of time by myself lately, and they were talking about how time travel just you know there's just something that bugs me. It's just a little too unbelievable, like in this show about you know giant spaceships and aliens that can like disappear and change matter and all this things like that. And I just think it's such a funny thing what people will and will not suspend sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We're willing. Yeah. We're, it's yeah. We pick and choose yeah. what to suspend. It's, it's interesting. I, yeah. We see it in star Wars all the time. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, some random critique about she couldn't have survived in space for that long, but then you're fine with like, you know, being able to talk to a planet in real time a thousand light years away. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, bless them. Yep, yep. So we, I remember us talking about this before, saying that the wolves remind us of Princess Mononoke. But this scene, it it opens with the wolf and the loath cat together. It's a very cute scene. That is officially a reference. It has been named as an official reference to Princess Mononoke, which I've got to imagine is a big hit in the Dave Filoni household. Yeah. The the Filoni. I don't know. I was trying to figure out a way to make a joke about fallopian tubes, but I don't know. (laughs) That's why is it? Why would that be related to his house? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to somehow turn his house into a tube and then call it like the the fallopian. I don't know. See, it didn't work. Cube there, <laughs> the fallopian cube. There we go. There. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, we ha- are revisiting the Lothal Temple. It's kind of sad to see it in the state it's in right now, with mm. the imperial hands all over it. Get your imperial, get your imperial hands <laughs> off this. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really interesting. I mean, they mentioned it in this episode before, but you can kind of feel it much more with just how Ezra's acting and the urgency Ezra has because he, if you remember, Ezra's the one who helped lead the empire to the temple. The second time when him and Kanan and Ahsoka visited, that's when the fifth brother and the seventh sister followed them to the temple. And they called back to the Empire and were like, we found something. Yeah. And so that's why Ezra feels so responsible for the temple's safety. And that is also likely one of the reasons why the wolves are so mad at him, which we talked about. is like, why are they so mad at Ezra? Well, he messed up. Yeah. Uh, You can't blame him. He didn't know. He just thought Mm -hmm. it was a museum. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to die for the Smithsonian, so I get it. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to, so it's a funny thing is going back months and months later, trying to parse my notes of what I found interesting. <laughs> I wrote the voices we hear are from all from season one episodes, except for one line from Ahsoka from season two. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I like what, yeah, so one of the things I, I'm we're not going to get an answer to, but I guess you could if you mm-hmm. if someone did an analysis of like every time there is a, uh, you go through you know the transitional space to get to a transitional place. Yeah. I don't know, like what are the voices and how are those voices decided <laughs> like by <laughs> yeah. the the great ether like of uh, of the whatever is you know whatever spirituality or whatever for how does the force decide okay these voices they need to hear this right now or is it less about that and more like um almost the those voices are always there and it's like you you your feelings and needs and emotions transpose over those and those manifest Ooh, the voices yeah. that you know, I, I like it's, but I'm like, what's, what are the rules here? Like there is, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a, there is a logic. There has to be there. It's just not like random because it's always the right things at the right time. So yeah. who is dictating that? Is the force mean like you need to hear this or is it just like your emotions, you know, as an equation, it's your emotions plus their emotions equal, you all need to hear this or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it and trying to parse that note, I think what I'm get what I'm trying to get at is if you remember in Jedi Knight, we Kanan heard 
voices from his past and from his future before making his ultimate sacrifice. So this episode, all the voices are from the past. Also, I made a note that there is a hologram of Thrawn from the episode zero hour, which yeah. was in the past as well. So I, th- I w- it's some, there's got to be something, especially with, we'll see next episode, there's going to be a lot of voices to parse. That it's something about Rebels looking into its own past thematically. You know, this is a place that Ezra has been before. He was there with Ahsoka. He was there with Kanan. So not only is he literally, you know, finding a portal that has something to do with the past and the future, but he might be reflecting on his own past and Mm. learning from that and kind of moving forward with that knowledge. Interesting. I, I, I do have to say mm-hmm. um, that Kanan hearing his, his own voices speaking to him sounds like <laughs> the least inspiring thing I could think of. Like if I am, if I'm needing to be inspired and someone just played me a recording of me talking, <laughs> I would just be like, I'd be more like, Oh, I sound awful there. I wouldn't be like, wow, I'm, I have resolve and I'm inspired. It's just a, such a funny, maybe it's just cultural. Maybe they're all about like, you know, Oh, that's how I wake up every morning. Just yourself going, come on. Oh, no, no. I put on an episode of Rebels Rebels. I'm like, oh, yeah, Peter, you nailed it. You could do this. That's so funny. You're great at podcasting. And then I like punch in the mirror and do some jumping jacks. You have to listen to this because you (laughs) edit it. But I've not listened to any episode we've done outside of like maybe the third episode we've recorded. That's so funny. They've been like, okay. You know what it is fun, actually? Um, And again, I mean, this is all behind the scenes stuff. This is wild. We're off the rails now. I recently re-listened to our first episode, and it's it's wild to see the difference and kind of how things are. It's it's also funny to think about because we were both, I was, we were both living in the Bay Area. We were both working in San Francisco. I didn't have a child. Like, there's probably more energy in my voice. <laughs> like, yeah, we were funnier back then. <laughs> oh, 100%. Well, I had 100% more energy to, like, to be, yeah, enthusiastic. Now I'm just we like, were yeah. young and idealistic. Oh, boy, 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 boy. I genuinely actually reflecting between that time and this time, I was so excited for the Star Wars future. Mm. And that was probably right after the force awakens came out yeah last jedi hadn't come out yet and then it was just pretty steep downhill from there i know it's wild my enthusiasm for star wars is um is is uh actually i wouldn't say it's an all-time low i would say it is all-time low after uh after whatever i don't even this is this is wild to me. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember what the last movie was called. That's how much I don't <laughs> like it. I can I can say The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, A Rise of Skywalker. Yep. And I always forget what that movie is called, which is so it, completely weird to me that I love Star Wars so much and I I often forget the name of that movie. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how it ages. I'm I'm I've gotten to the point where I'm more interested than feeling away about it so i wonder if it'll do a do a phantom menace like bounce around i mean you always loved phantom menace but <laughs> took a lot of us a lot of time to uh, appreciate phantom menace and phantom i wonder menace if it'll so uh, good. I, it, maybe in 10 years we'll look back at rise of skywalker and it'll give us phantom menace vibes i don't know we'll see 
Yeah, probably not. But uh, for me, I can almost say with some definitiveness, if not a word. <laughs> uh, Billy. Speaking of art critics, though. Like fart critics. <laughs> I haven't lost my natural knack at transitions. Speaking of art critics, one thing that I really do like about this episode is that Sabine plays an integral role to this with her art expertise, which, you know, we've seen her blow things up and it's like, I'm a tough warrior, but the whole thing about her being an artist, it isn't a throwaway, which I like. It's not just like a fun, like, maybe that's originally what it was, like, I like to paint things like brat dolls and I'm a graffiti artist, but it's, it's evolved to a point where, you know, her and her father, they, they bonded over that, which is kind of a cool touch. And then now, you know, she's deciphering this ancient Jedi mysticism and the secrets of the universe because she's so involved in this kind of cool, like art world. And, you know, it's a very thoughtful, intelligent just cool representation of a character that isn't just like boom, boom, guns and bombs. And I I really appreciate that. And I think it's nice. It almost makes me feel like the force is kind of working to make sure everyone on the team has a role in protecting the temple, even if they aren't Jedi, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. I, um, even though in the next episode, we'll see that, I think the way she's interpreting the paintings is so like simple that like anyone could have done that. <laughs> yeah. Regardless Fair. of that, which I mostly just think is funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really nice touch. And I, it's like, I want to see more of that side of star Wars because it's like the, the people we, we know and the characters roles that we know well are like bounty hunters, Jedi, Sith Lords, Imperials. Yeah. And so it's nice to finally get like, an art critic yeah. <laughs> and like well, you know, some, they... someone with a different job or interest or like just to highlight that this culture is more sophisticated than, you know, than totally. And it, I like it too. Cause I, um, as someone who, who studied cultural anthropology in college, mm-hmm. um, I is very like Indiana Jones to me. Like she's kind of an anthropologist. She talks about the symbolism of everything. And one of my, one of the things I loved so much taking my anthropology courses was like Carl Jung and symbolism and how that plays in our culture. Um, and Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it feels very Indiana Jones to me and just like saying, you know, for a kid show, attempting to decipher things on a different level. Um, which is, I don't know, it's just very thoughtful and fun for me. I like it a lot. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. I, uh, the other thing that's that's related to it, which I think is fun, is that you know you notice that the wolves are noticeably nicer to her than Hera actually, or Zeb. Yeah, and I want to bring that up. That actually, I feel, hmm, I feel conflicted about the portrayal. <laughs> this is so funny <laughs> of um, the wolves and how they act a little more aggressive to Zeb, like. Um, and I, I noticed this thing that happens in a lot of shows where it's like the big other, the big brute other character, mm-hmm. which in Rebels is Zeb. Yeah. Non-human, big, strong, you know what I mean? Like they often have other animals, mm-hmm. other wild things is the equation I'm putting, I think it's like the under, <laughs> under, other wild things have issues with them. 
Yeah. And it's almost this, this is maybe overreading, but it's almost this weird commentary on like, I don't know. Like it's, I don't know if you've heard the term, uh, like is exotification, mm-hmm. but it, like, you know, exotifying this things we don't understand. And I almost feel like they're doing that to Zeb a little bit, which I don't know if there's a cultural one-to-one here for us, but I'm just like, oh, really that <laughs> thing again? Like, like, and I'm like trying to have some empathy from like, you know, he's just, he's, he's a different, he's a different species. We don't understand. We don't need to exotify him. Like, yeah, I get it. Wolves are, don't like him because something, something, something. But I'm like, that's, it just feels like a, a tired, uh, a tired trope to me. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. I actually, it's funny because in my notes I wrote, you know, I, th- I was thinking that they were nicer to Sabine than they were. Cause they're also not very nice to Hera either. So I was like, oh, they're yeah. nicer to Sabine because, like, you know, she's she has a role in protecting the temple, so they're an ally, and they appreciate how Sabine appreciates the temple. But no, it's just like there's the person, the green person and the purple person, and the wolves are racist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I can't, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't help but see it a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah okay. I'm yeah. They're fine with like humanoid, humanoid, as long as they're white skinned humanoids. Oh, they're yeah. cool. But anything yeah. oh, else, cool. those wolves oh. are going to go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Which is <laughs> probably, a, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just poking at the, you know, playing yeah. devil's advocate, but it, it's still, it's, it's interesting. It, my mind went there first, so maybe it is a problem. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that should just be our, we'll make merch. The wolves are racist. Both <laughs> yeah. wolves are racist. I'm sure that'll go great. Oh, yeah. Oops. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, it is Star Wars. We, they do have an interesting history. Yeah. Um, um, ooh, actually not going down that path. <laughs> yeah, fair. You mentioned the other interesting thing to talk about for this episode when we were speaking about art is Minister Hayden. Um, yeah, which I know, uh, you know, I I know we talk about in the next episode because yeah. we've already recorded everything. But um, right when e- even the next episode, he's way more like it. But all I see is the Ratatouille food, <laughs> food critic. That's all he is to me. Is, That's really funny. What isn't he wearing a funny hat too? I forgot. I want like yeah. I he's just like a, wearing like a he's like a flying nun. I'm the flying yeah. nun. He has a lothrat in his head in his hat, and it's like pulling his oh hair, and that's gosh. how he does his excavations. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Minister Hayden is voiced by Malcolm McDowell oh, from Clockwork plus. Orange, who Ooh. is a famous that guy. He, uh, you know, you. Especially his voice. His voice is very iconic. You'll hear him. You'll be like, wait, I know that voice. You know, you people, you believe in God like I believe in the tooth fairy. Oh, by the way, I love how I'm portrayed in the media. That little cartoon guy with the pitchfork and the the horns and the tail. You humans. You're so stupid. Yeah. But if you Google him, you'll be like, oh, that guy. I know that guy. Yeah. I do not like Clockwork Orange. Those movies disturb, mm, yeah. dis- disturb me to no end. Yeah. No, thank you. Malcolm McDowell also had a famously, famously fun run on Community. He played a great character on that. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you love that show. I love Community. It's so good. That's it's one of the most odd shows and uneven shows that's ever been on TV. Huh. For lots of really interesting behind the scenes reasons, but 
really? season two and three when it gets so tight it's i think it's the best tv comedy that's been on tv weird um i'm gonna throw out that happy endings is one of the best ones so underrated. Uh, i agree happy endings is so good so underrated uh i know i can't believe that show bring that show back if there was one mm-hmm. sitcom i'd want back it'd be happy endings yeah, I I don't know if you're you're still watching WandaVision, but they had a happy ending. Yeah, oh, Easter they totally in, uh, referenced that. One of the intro in the intros. They, yeah, it was like all the different titles of Wanda, yeah, like Wanda, 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 Wanda. I was like, oh my gosh, that's happy endings. It, it made me happy to see that because it's very under underappreciated show, and it's so good. Yeah, that was great. But okay, uh, back to the art critic, the fart critic. Yeah, <laughs> Mister Minister Hyden, the fart critic. Originally in the script, this character was going to be Vanny, Vanny, I don't know how to say that, V-A-N-E-E, Vanny, Vanny, who was one of the attendants in Vader's castle on Bustafar in Rogue One. You know, there's that creepy old guy who's just like chilling with Darth Vader, like, what Uh, do you want to watch on TV tonight, my lord? (laughs) Darth Vader's roommate. Um, it was a sp- it was going to be him, but the decision was made to make it a completely different character. Um, but StarWars.com says they seem to come from the same class of creepy advisor often seen around the Emperor, which mm. that's a direct quote. Quote, same class of creepy advisor often seen around the Emperor. Yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine them listening to any advisor, but sure. Yeah, I know. Well, it's funny to me, too, that like, Seems weirdly bureaucratic. Yeah, a, totally. For like a, for like a, basically a, a dictator to have, a, a, the the one job you don't want is to be an mm-hmm. advisor to a dictator. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know they're not going to listen to you. I know, totally. It's funny to me to think about because we've seen like Palpatine shows himself as like a kind old man in the holonet and things like that, like trying to keep up the facade that he's not a creepy old space wizard. But, like, there's got to be people who, like, see these advisors around. Like, could you imagine if Joe Biden just had, like, a bunch of guys in black robes following him around? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you'd know. Yeah, I know. I feel like I would see that and be like, oh, my God, he's a Sith Lord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, although Bernie would look good in a robe. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing that now. Yeah, Bernie in, in a Sith Lord robe. Dude. Kind of works. Feel the burn. I love it. Yeah. Um, the other thing is they say in the um, episode that the death of Kanan Jarrus has altered the faith of Lothal, which at the time, and maybe still, because we don't have any of this confirmed, is evidence that he is from Lothal, which is a big thing that people are trying to say. And mm, I, don't, to, I don't understand. I don't see the connection to that at all. But okay. Yeah. Well, the can I remember if you remember we talked with so Joe. so if so if I die in Canada, I am people just to sit and like change the a timeline there. People, I'm from Canada. I don't know. It seems weird. Well, let's let's take that analogy. So say you're like visiting Canada for a week and you die. Like it would be like the people there would be like, oh crap, there's a dead person here. All right, I guess yeah, we got to so take I change, care of that. I, I change that. I would change the fate because I'm changing the course of what certain people have to do. But do you think that that counts as changing the fate? Whereas wow. the place you live, you know, 
it's, it'll be devastating to around there, like your job, your family, everything around there, all your connections and where you're living right now, like that'll alter the direction of where everything was going for there. Whereas, you know, in Canada, mm. it'll be inconvenient, but it's not necessarily going to like, you know, completely change the fate of the the entire country. Yeah. But Canaan was space adopted by space, by space nights. So, yeah, I think people are just, it's, it's in conjunction with other things. Yeah. It's not just that. It's the fact that yeah. Yeah. the murals point to there being a baby of Lothal. The fact that he obviously has a connection, him and Hera talk about how Lothal calls to them and they were pulled to Lothal. He has this, he's able to get easy access to the temple um, so it's, there's nothing too definitive. I think it's just in the oeuvre of, of Lothal, there's a lot of evidence that could point to that and it hasn't been confirmed yet. So that's what people are speculating. Yeah. No, I think it's cool. I think, I think it makes sense. I just see it as non-consequential of where he's from. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the last thing I had about Minister Hayden is that, he works for a secret arm of the empire. He is obsessed with the history of the force and the Sith. So he's kind of like an evil historian. Um, and Dave Filoni says that is why him and Palpatine are so close as advisors, because Palpatine is the same way. He is obsessed with the history of the force and the Sith because Palpatine is interested in being able to control and alter events in the history through the force he thinks it's powerful enough that he can alter the past with the force which we will see more in the next episode hmm. which is super interesting and my thought is that it might be connected to palpatine's interest in darth plagueis the wise i mean you know they say that he could alter people from dying what if the way that Darth Plagueis the Wise could alter people from dying isn't like some sort of resurrection spell or anything, but he is able to manipulate the past using the Force because he's so mm. powerful, and that might be why, that might be the secret that Palpatine has been after all along. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Could so, be. Could be. be. Yeah. Could be. Probably we'll never know. Man, actually, we'll probably know. We'll probably get a Darth Plagueis. <laughs> we'll probably, Disney will do 10 episodes on Darth Plagueis. Yeah, Probably. Um, the last thing I think we should do is we have a big multi episode deep dive on the force and we touch on Mortis specifically on that, but I think it is time for those who didn't go through the whole deep dives. We should do a little quick deep dive on Mortis because I think it is really interesting, especially with the mur mural that we see today and the events that are going to unfold going forward. Does that sound okay to you, Mike? It does. Let's let's go for it. So a quick deep dive on Mortis. So this is a concept that was created by George Lucas, which we both really like. Um, George Lucas was very hands-on with Clone Wars, which is where Mo Mortis showed up. And so this was something that George Lucas put a lot of thought and energy into. So this is very, very core Star Wars. And in a way, if it has leaked that what... George Lucas wanted to explore with the sequels if he was able to would have dealt with a lot of this Mortis stuff as well. So this is pure George Lucas stuff, which is tight. Um, but 
Mortis is back in the day. Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan found themselves on a mysterious planet that wasn't on any of their charts or anything. They just got there. It was very crazy. And Anakin was found to see these three beings that we see on the mural. It's the father, the daughter, and the son. The son represents the dark side. The daughter represents the light side. And the father is in between them bringing balance between the two and they are kind of godlike beings within the force which is kind of interesting um anakin anakin is then put through a test essentially to see if he is powerful enough to literally bring balance between the light and the dark and take the place of the father um in the end, though, Anakin is able to control the light and dark gods, showing that he is probably the chosen one. He is able to bend the gods to his will, and he is able to essentially control them both. But when he is asked to take the place of the father, he refuses due to his attachment to Padme, leaving the son to kill the father and the, and the daughter, and then the son escapes unleashing an incredible force of darkness in the galaxy. So this is a really weird mysticism, thematic kind of crazy stuff, but whether we want to literally take it at its face that this happened or thematically and symbolically take it, that this is what happened. This ushers in a incredible force of darkness and a period of Sith rule within the galaxy. It's kind of the beginning of the end for Anakin and all of the events that we see in the original trilogy. Um, but in the end, they flash back to back into their ship. Uh, the three of them are unsure what actually happened and to what extent it's real. And again, this, this kind of shows symbolically Anakin's choice um, to potentially not bring balance to the Force and the fact that his attachments are the one that are that is preventing him from becoming the one to bring balance to the force. So that's kind of the background to why these symbols are important. And we see Ezra open the door um, with this mural. We've seen Morai, who is Ahsoka's owl, and especially with Morai's appearances. Later on, we get confirmation that Morai is some sort of representation of the daughter, which is the light side of the Force. And so that attachment happened with Ahsoka visiting the planet somehow. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see the next episode how this kind of moves forward. I'm really excited about that. Um, the only other thing I want to say is that the art for this mural is incredible. Like, I. I want to get a poster of this. It's so cool. Um, they worked with a 2D animation studio called Ghost Spot um, to do this. I think they said they were a Canadian company and they used that. So that they used 2D animation and integrated it with their 3D pipeline, which is kind of a fun thing for them. I really, really like how this happened. Yeah, I love the 2D animation. Um, there's a lot of cool animation in the next one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wow. Mortis, there it is. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, those are my some of my favorite episodes in Clone Wars. I know. It's wild. If you haven't watched that yet, it's it's some really, really cool Star Wars mysticism stuff. I love it so much. 
Yeesh. Yep. Yeesh. But that's pretty much all I had for this episode. Did you have anything else, Mike? No, I think I think we got a lot out of not a lot. Yeah. So that's good, yeah. How we like to end every episode is with our rating scale on a scale of our current most favorite to current least favorite thing in Star Wars. Um, I'll give an example. I'll, I'll, I'll show you what it's like. So my current most favorite thing is Ben tells Luke about the larger world inside his Tatooine abode to everything about the relationship between Ray and Kylo. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give this episode a the opening space battle in Revenge of the Sith. It's mm. great. You kind of need it. It's a it moves the plot, chops off a head, um, <laughs> and it sets you up for the whole the whole spiel, the whole movie. And uh, but it's done well. And I think this episode is done well. I think you need this episode in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know not the most exciting. So I give that just a, it's a solid B plus, A minus, A minus B plus. Fair. Cool. My favorite thing in Star Wars right now is that YouTube video of a little girl dressed as Rey at Disneyland using the force to push away all the bad guys. Yeah. My least favorite thing is Rey Palpatine. Mm -hmm. Between those two things, I give this episode Rey's weird force junk on Octo. Like... Uh, like all the just all the weird force stuff she does and the force zoom calls with Kylo Ren, like yeah. the the I think that stuff is really cool. It's like a it's kind of a mystic appetizer that hints at a deeper understanding of the force, which is kind of like Mortis. Ooh. And I think it leads into some cool implications of the force with Luke at the end of Last Jedi. So it foreshadows. So thematically, wow. I think it fits in with this as well. And I think that's an A. I think that wow. stuff is really cool in Last Jedi. Bold. Bold yep. statement. Bold statement. But but well put. Um, well, you know, we we from time to time, Pete, mm-hmm. get get emails. Yep. Into into our email inbox, and we time to time read them out, and we got a really great email. Yep. That uh, we wanted to share someone's um, rating scale. Yeah, his name is Frank, um, and he wrote a very long email, like in a really cool way going through a bunch of cool theories and just thoughts about the show. It's really nice. And we're, we're going to shout him out and I'm looking forward to responding to all of Frank's Frank's ideas because there's some cool stuff. So thank you so much for being thoughtful and reaching out to us. This is, it's awesome to hear from the fans. Yeah. I, I'm going to, so I'm going to jump in and read a scale. Yeah. Yeah. He, he gave us the scale and it's really fun. Least favorite thing in Star Wars is the romantic dialogue in Attack of a Clone. <laughs> Which, sorry, Frank, I'm going to disagree with I you. That I is, find it sexy. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> that, that's hot stuff. Yeah. Um, and his current most favorite thing in Star Wars is the musical ending you know, Attack of a Clones. And if you're wondering why, he gives kind of a nice mm-hmm. dive in here. 
It's where Palpatine is inspecting the clone troopers as they take off in the Star Destroyers, and Bail Organa looks apprehensive and like he doesn't like this at all. All the while, the Imperial March plays. Then it cuts to Anakin and Padme's wedding while Across the Stars plays the uh, the tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a 2002 interview with Time Magazine, Lucas said that he was exploring how both democracies and individual people can fall. He said that democracies don't fall from any external sources, beg to differ, mm-hmm. but fall from corruption and other internal sources. Yeah. Both both are true. Yeah, Timely right now, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> An- Anakin falls because of his fear of losing his attachments, which is why Kanan is the best Jedi, agreed, because he had his attachments, Hera, and was not afraid to mm-hmm. lose her when he was given the choice by the Force. I think that's a great point. Great. Both scenes are important because they show the beginning and the end of for the Republic and Anakin Skywalker. But at the same time, we see the worst of us war and the best of us love exemplified by the wedding. And I think the dichotomy works. I think the dichotomy Mm -hmm. works very well. Yeah. And I think that's super well put. And I love that scale. Yeah. And I love that Um, Frank's least favorite and favorite thing are both from attack the clones. I know. And dichotomy. Well, I just, yeah. Yeah. It's great. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. I love that. Terrific email, and I'm glad we got to read it with this. Maybe that's maybe that's why. Maybe the force intervened, intervened and destroyed our episode yeah, so we could read Frank's email true. out. Yeah, and I really hope that you're enjoying our episodes. Um, hopefully, we'll be able. We won't have any more setbacks. And you know what? We've recorded all the other ones, so I know that the rest of our episodes are good. Um, our next episode, we have a really fun guest and a super cool conversation about it. So I am oh, yeah. super excited to get this out and and finish this up. Yeah. And uh, you know where to find us, Rebels, Rebels Pod at Gmail. If you want to hit us up with the emails mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram, Rebels, Rebels Pod. I think we're on Twitter at Rebels, Rebels Pod. Yep. Um, we have an Etsy site where you can purchase pins I, that I never checked. I guess we should. <laughs> I don't think people buy pins. Yeah, I haven't seen any orders come in for a while. So. Wow. Yeah. Those. Those. Actually, those might not be up for long. Um, and yeah. What else, Pete? Huh? I, you know what? Thanks for going along this ride with us. It's it's weird going back after we're already done, but we really appreciate the people that have listened and reached out. And it's a really fun project to do with one of my best friends, and so good to talk to you again. And oh, bless you. May the force be with you. Bless you, Peter. Until next time. Don't look back. Don't look back.